This is the Artisan CEO Podcast, Season 3, Episode 9. On this episode, we'll be talking about running a business with and working alongside your spouse. I'm so grateful my husband Matt is joining me for this episode, and inside we're going to be covering how we made the decision to work together, how it started, how it's going, and lessons learned along the way. Buckle up, this is a good one. Welcome to the Artisan CEO, where the art of photography meets the business of profits. This is where strategy and craftsmanship coexist so that you can run a creative business that supports a life you love. I'm your host, Abby Grace, and I promise to give it to you straight. It was 2014, 2015 timeframe, and um, my business was a few years old three or four years old at that point. And I was starting to realize I was going to need some help. Um, on the administrative side, things were starting to fall a little bit behind. Uh, and I, I was just at capacity. I couldn't take on any more projects. I had some cool things that I wanted to do, but couldn't really do them because I just lacked the bandwidth to be able to execute them. And so I realized I was going to need some help. Started thinking of who could I who could I hire to help me with this? There was someone in church that I had in mind. I needed help on the administrative side of things. Um, But my biggest fear was like, what if I hire someone and then they leave me? Uh, And then in one conversation, my husband, Matt, offered, was like, he was like, well, I mean, I'm not loving my full-time job. What if I left my job and I worked for you part-time and then I found another part-time job? And we had just bought a house and I remember being like, what are you saying? (laughs) How on earth is it? Like, no, that's so dangerous. We couldn't possibly do that. Sweet Caitlin James. I had a mentoring session with her a couple weeks after that. And I like recounted this story. Like, can you believe that he suggested this? And Caitlin was like, Abby, you need help in your business. Your husband has administrative gifts and you just shot down his offer to help you. Like, is that, is that, is that honoring? Is that fair? Like, Also, does that make any sense? And I started to realize like, oh, Matt actually might be the answer that I've been looking for, but that I had discounted him for so long as a potential business partner because he's not a photographer. So we have Matt here today. He's sitting right next to me. I'm so excited for you guys to meet him. Matt is so much of the brains behind this business. So Matt, why don't you take a quick second, introduce yourself, tell us what you do with the Abby Grace Photography Sphere. My name is Matt, as Abby just said. (laughs) So I run the business side of um, Abby Grace Photography. And what that means is I do everything from finances to editing this podcast to making sure all of our funnels and all of our um, education is up and running so that you all can get our newsletters, can get everything. Um, So that's, I run the strategy behind that Mm -hmm. and also the implementation of that. The strategy is a big side of that with like, you're the one who runs our Facebook ads and figures out how to get them in front of new people. Like you're the one who brings in a lot of the new eyes, people who need the solutions that we offer, but like, I don't have the ability to or have not trained the skill to sit down and learn how to do that. And that is in your wheelhouse, and we'll get into that. Well, and also that's that's something that, you know, it, it takes away the focus of what you do well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were running all those things by yourself, you wouldn't be able to put the time and effort into being the best brand photographer that you can be. Yeah, and I also feel like if I were still doing everything by myself, we wouldn't have a podcast either. <laughs> true. That, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Real quick, photographers, are you tired of lather, rinse, and repeating the same tired collection of forgettable photos from one brand session to the next? If you're ready to turn yawn-worthy galleries into the sort of results that thrill your clients and get you both noticed, 
then you're definitely gonna wanna join me for my free training, The Backstage Secret to Scroll-Stopping Brand Photography. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or you're just getting started out in the world of branding, this session is for you. I'll teach you my number one strategy for crafting stories that resonate with your clients and their audience, which is the biggest secret behind creating galleries that not only look stunning, but also drive engagement and sales for your clients, which, spoiler alert, is what keeps them coming back for additional sessions in the future. Because as brand photographers, purposeful matters more than pretty, but who says you can't have both? Our job is to think like a marketer and shoot like an artist, but you have to have both pieces of that equation and learning to approach with the mindset of a strategist that changes everything. So if you're raring to say goodbye to cliche galleries that simply repeat what's already clogging your Pinterest and social media and hello to a method that drives brand loyalty and real bottom line growth, then head on over to abbygrace.co slash training. That's abbygrace.co slash training. It's time to leave those forgettable, smiling at a laptop photos in the dust in favor of a more tailored approach that's gonna leave your clients obsessed and already planning for their next shoot with you. One more time, that's abbygrace.co slash training. I'll see you in class. So when we brought you, so so you first started, it was like July or June or July of 2015, and we started with a project. Do you want to describe what that project was? Sure. We decided to do a print shop for fine art prints that um, that you took of- um, On my travels in Paris. On travels in Paris. Um, and so I was the one that did the research on how to sell those, how to fulfill the orders, what the, the storefront should look like, and basically designed a print shop from scratch because mm-hmm. I- I had to learn all that stuff on on the fly. Yeah, because well, okay, so maybe we should backtrack. Why don't you talk about what your degree, where what degree you hold? <laughs> uh, so I hold a degree in sport management. So obviously, I'm not using that in the intended way. The good thing about that degree is that I kind of got a um, my toes wet in a bunch of different fields mm-hmm. um, through the lens of sports. Um, so I got to do like a sport financing class, a sport administration class. Um, so I kind of got to learn what I'm doing now, um, but not in the context that I'm doing it now. And that was part of why I was afraid to work together because we had, (laughs) in 2013, you had come to a wedding with me and it was like a 14 hour day and I was exhausted by the end, but we got in the car at the end of the day and I was like, so babe, what did you think? And you're like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know that this is like the right place for me to like be serving. Like, just these huge like crowds of people that I don't know. I'm an introvert. And I was like, you can't claim introvertism as a reason not to photograph weddings. And that was when I realized like, ooh, Abby, you that's not a good look. Like you need to back off a little bit. So that like we put it to bed at that point. I, I just had assumed like if we can't photograph together, then we can't be a husband and wife team because all of the other husband and wife teams that I had admired did shoot together. So then when the idea of working like me as the photographer and you as the business manager business admin the the like ops the operations side of things like that had not been my vision originally because I thought well you have to be a creative you don't have a background in being creative you don't have a background in art like when you took on the print shop and you totally crushed it with the ops side of things that started to open up this possibility like maybe he this might actually be a huge strength that you don't think exactly like I do that you don't have the same background knowledge that I did that you might be able to bring something to the table that I I don't have and I can't possibly hope to have. Yeah, and I think that's like one of the things that I've always or that I've not always that I've I've come to realize is that creativity comes in different um different 
I guess, functions, different ways. Different forms. Different forms. There yeah. we go. Um, it's not just, you know, photography or calligraphy or arts. It's like, I, I'm very good. I'm a very creative problem solver. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I will look at different oper- different ways to come to a solution for a problem. And so that's where my creativity comes in is 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 on the admin side to to come up with new ways to do things. You're also good at like you're not dis- discouraged by trying and failing at something whereas I in the past had been terrified of like trying and if it doesn't you know it's not a hundred percent a plus effort the first time around then obviously we're huge failures you're like no well let's try this one funnel method and then if that doesn't work we'll tweak it like you're you taught me to embrace iterations as opposed to like try it once if it's not a smash hit abandon all abandon shift okay so when we first started with you working for the business july 2015 your role was basically like what holes do we need you to fill in the business um so you you started off with the print shop and then you did a great job with that so we started handing you a little so it was project based at first and then we started handing you different tasks like okay why don't you handle contracts and invoices and then okay now you're going to handle like booking travel and so it was piece by piece you started to take on more and more responsibility and then as we came to understand better where your gifts lay we started to mold the job to your areas of expertise, the where places where you could do something like I could never do. Um, and then, you know, as we got years down the road, we began to outsource the pieces that didn't require your specialized skill. So when we, I feel like things sort of accelerated because it was July 2015 with the print shop. And then in January of 2016, we launched our first online course and you made all of that happened. Why don't you talk about what you did for that? It was similar to the shop in that I, I had did the research on how what like what software we should host our course on, um, how like where we should even host the videos. How do we get a lead page? Yeah, a lead um, magnet. <laughs> a lead magnet going. Like how can we like implement to get people to grow our list? And I think we also did like the first lead magnet. Magnet. I think we did. We did from stage at like Justin Amara's the event. I remember we did offer a text opt-in yeah, for that one. Yeah, and so like I had to figure yeah. that part out. Oh, and you figured that out like the morning up yeah, too. Something, <laughs> well, I mean, really that that first launch, I figured like I was going until the first webinar. Mm-hmm. Um, we only did one webinar. For yeah, that we only one, did one we? webinar, and I was I was working on. I, I think pretty sure I worked on the the course itself until that webinar started, and yeah. even during the webinar, just to make sure that everything was done. Yeah. Because I was just didn't know what I was doing and so I was learning on the fly (laughs) and this was like like very practical example of I had this thing that I wanted to do I didn't know how to do it so you came in and you filled the holes and you figured out how to make it happen and then I felt like as the years went by you started to realize like oh I'm actually good at the strategy side of things I'm actually good at piecing things together and you took so it was basically at the beginning correct me if I'm wrong but I felt like I was telling you here's what I need you to do and then you went and you implemented it but as we've grown as a business partnership that you are now the one and over the last few years have been the one you come to the table with ideas and say I think we should try this and I trust you because you have shown yourself to be you have a history of success with this that there's a lot more collaboration here than there used to be because I was I in the past I was very afraid of letting go of any kind of control because I just I was like he's not a creative he doesn't understand the world but the more you did the more I realized that you're you you did know what you were talking about yeah, and I would say that our our collaboration has gotten better, and it can still, I mean, like we're still working on it to to this day. 
you know, what, eight years later, like we're still learning new ways to collaborate and new ways to communicate. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... Case in point, we had a conversation this morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, as new challenges have come through, just being able to learn how to communicate has been really huge in, in that growth of, you know, you communicating to me what you think my zone of genius is. You're like, hey, like, this is something you're really good at. Like, maybe you should, should lean, lean into, into that. that. Or, you know, telling me, hey, like, that's not your strongest suit. Like... We should probably go ahead and, you know, we, we'll outsource that one. Yeah. So, okay. So when we, January 2016 was when we launched the course. That went well enough that that gave us the courage for you to leave your full-time job. Because up until that point, you'd been working for six months doing double duty. Correct. It started off, it, it was a slow ramp up. So it mm-hmm. was like maybe, I mean, the initial getting the, the, the print shop launched was a behemoth of a task. But once that was going your hours slowly ramped up as we handed you more and more pieces of the business. But then in January 2016, when we launched the course and we realized, oh, I I think actually we might be able to do this. Like you might be able to leave your full-time job. You gave your notice in April, right? Or maybe your last day was April 1st, 2016. So I gave my notice in, I think I did beginning in March because I gave them about a full month of notice that I was doing because it wasn't like I was starting a new corporate job and they needed me to start it was like hey like I wanted to I didn't want to burn any bridges with leaving as well yeah and you were still doing and there's a thunderstorm going on in the background guys this is just a really exciting episode all around I like to think of the thunder as emphasizing points exactly exactly (laughs) so when you left your corporate job we this was something we didn't publicize but you were actually still doing two days a week there remotely yeah yeah, it was, um, I would work remotely from there. Like, they were kind enough. That was kind of like a, a nice soft landing to be able to say, like, hey, like, everything goes while we have a way back. And that was part of the reason why I gave so much notice was, like, you know, what if that was a one-time thing? And so. What if the launch was, like, a one-time yeah, success? Yeah, what if that was a yeah. one-time thing? And, yeah. And, and so that way, like, we didn't burn any bridges and. and yeah. I could go back if needed. Yeah, <laughs> which didn't end up needing to. No, happen. it didn't happen. Thankfully, but I was still grateful for them to to, because because my what what Abby didn't tell you when that first conversation we had was that I was like, hey, like, why don't I quit my job and I will go get a part time job at like Wegmans or something like. And that. this was like three months after we bought our first house. Yeah, and I was like, and- we have a mortgage. You can't go work at Wegmans part time. <laughs> and so it was like. So to have my my company at the time offer me a part time job was like okay this is the, this is the Lord providing for us mm-hmm. a solution um, to my kind of maybe a little uh, little audacious ask earlier <laughs> I guess we'll put it that way yeah but that was a ch- I mean when I had left my like going back when I left my corporate job in 2012 you were the one to tell me like it's time you need like you need to leave mm-hmm. you're working so hard to build this photography business like you you showed faith in me that I didn't have in myself and so when we turned that around and you asked me to show faith in you and I initially was like I balked at that like I look back at that I'm like man I wish instead of balking I had like tried to cover my surprise a little bit better and be like, okay, let's talk about that a little bit more so that you didn't feel disrespected in that moment of like, that's a ridiculous suggestion. Because it wasn't a ridiculous suggestion. You had a solution to a problem that I had. Um, I just had, I needed to like think about it in different terms. So. I mean, and, and to be fair, like, you know, when I was leaving my corporate job, the the kind of the number one question is like like what are you going to do about healthcare? Like what are you going to do about this? <laughs> that like, was my that was our parents' that was question everybody, too. Everybody's question was like cuz you're so used to getting these benefits from work and then you don't you don't get those anymore like you're cut off and it's like well we we'll figure it out like the the ability to work make our own hours and work for ourselves and 
be able to take off in the middle of the day to go see a movie, which you, we can't do anymore because we have kids, but we were able to I mean, to we do could that. do that if we want. I think once both once we have more consistent childcare with both kids, we could still do that if we wanted to. But I think the thing that's also, like, we're, we haven't touched on is, like, I don't want to say you were dying at your job, but, like, you came home just, like, so drained, like... There was nothing there that was building you up. There was nothing there that was, like, making you feel like you were using, like, God-given gifts. It just was, like, rote work that you Mm -hmm. were – there was just a lot of, like, customer service issues and that I was – it made me sad seeing you so drained by that job. So being able to, like, give you a chance to to lean into your gifts by coming and working together – was like a secondary benefit that like over the years as I've seen you realize new skill sets or like learn new like learn how to do new things in the business has been encouraging because I've seen a confidence in you that wasn't there before okay I feel like we're getting off on a tangent okay so how okay (laughs) let's talk about onboarding when you came to work with me um that is a word for going on to work that yeah, that's onboarding. That's it's kind of ironic because the last episode was about onboarding your new brand clients, onboarding a new employee. And you weren't really my employee; you were my coworker. But like, why don't you tell me about the onboarding process, Matt? Well, I mean, a lot of it, like we're saying, is kind of like trial by fire. Of like, we got to figure out this solution. There or... was there was no onboarding process, people. It was just like, okay, well, hope you can. Catch up. Like. Yeah, I mean, there were, like, things you showed me, like, how this is how I do this. Um, you know, practical things. Like, this is how I wrap albums um, mm-hmm. for sending. Or this is how I send contracts. Like, making sure that we have the correct information in there. Because that, that was one of the things um, that caused friction for a little bit was I kept, like, missing messing something up in the contract. Or I would send an email with the wrong... Because I never documented the process. Yeah, I would show you once and then expect that that was enough, but I didn't write it down. I, there was no handbook. There was no orientation. Uh, yeah. There was... I was just like, I don't understand why you need me to show you again. I showed you one time like four weeks ago. Yeah. Wasn't that enough? <laughs> and I guess like if we're talking about like what the biggest challenge was, um, mm-hmm. like that would be like the, the biggest challenge um, both in our work was like not having the onboarding, but also like taking it personally like mm. when it's like no that like this expectation is is not of you as as your husband it's it's a, you as an employee of abby grace like this is a task or a job a role that i need mm-hmm. you to fulfill and if you fail to do it that doesn't make you a failure and i was not good at separating those two and so and 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 for me to realize like th- like it is a big deal to mess up the the name of the the client in the email because like hey that like the little thing could cause them not to book with us or you know it shows like hey like it's a it's a level of sloppiness that we didn't want mm-hmm. in there like and so like coming to realize that like what the consequence was of messing up because like in my corporate job if i messed up somebody's email like it's a big deal like mm-hmm. it's it's somebody you know they'll they signed a contract already whatever with but, a nameless faceless company yeah yeah um, whereas this is like, this is a personal, like we are personally have, Abby has her name on, on, the, on the door. As they say in suits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like I was representative of her, not of a, like a big company, you know? Yeah. 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 And so for me learning to communicate the standards and then I should have written them down to make those standards easier to follow, but then also having grace with a new company employee when you weren't doing it exactly the way that I would do it right from the beginning. That was hard for me to let go of some of that control. Mm-hmm. So what do you feel like did go well during that first year? I mean, honestly, like just learning how to communicate with you, like not just that didn't just help us 
in our business. I think it helped in our marriage. Like, hey, it helped us to learn um, what to what to say to each other, how to how to talk to each other respectfully. And also reinforce some of the rules that we had. Like, we don't we don't use sarcasm on each other when mm. we're mad, because um, actually the root of the word sarcasm is tearing of flesh and so like if you're mad at each other and you're like oh well I guess that's the best you could do then like that has never been acceptable for us in our marriage and it was certainly like as ten- like as tension could escalate if I was upset about something in the business further drove home like sarcasm is not acceptable here in the workplace just like in our marriage yeah and I mean obviously also in that first year we had that launch that that what went well that we could then I could then quit uh, my full-time job yeah um, that rainstorm that, is really going outside, really guys. Going. It's really emphasizing this point right yes. now. <laughs> um, so, okay, so what went well that first year is you felt like we became stronger communicators. As yeah. It was like a slow process of learning to communicate better. I feel, same thing. Um, that, like, leads to the next question. Like, what was the biggest challenge? I also feel like communication was, a bi- was the biggest challenge because I had assumed... <laughs> When we were first married, it was like our first year of marriage, we had some kind of misunderstanding, and I don't remember what it was, but I literally told you, it's impossible, because you, you said, I don't think you're communicating as well as you think that you are, and I was like, that's impossible, I literally majored in communication, and I was dead serious. <laughs> so for me, in business, learning that even though I am a good communicator, the learning to communicate with you as my coworker and making sure that you felt like you had the tools and the support that you needed to do your job well, that was a challenge. Like um, the PDF outsourcing debacle, like this was, it must've been the first year. Um, you, I had tasked you as de- designing some kind of like welcome guide yeah. or some, some kind of PDF to send to clients. And um, your first pass at it was not great because you didn't have any dis- kind of design background. Like there was no reason why it should have been good. Um, and this was before we were using Canva or like any of those other programs out there. Did this even exist at that time? I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did, yeah. They were probably in beta. Um, But so you took your first pass at it. You showed it to me. I was like, okay, well, I just don't think this is your strong suit. Like, and for me, I feel I was like, I don't think this is your strong suit. Let's just outsource it. Let's find a designer to do it. And for me, I'm thinking he must be so freed by that. You're welcome, Matt. Like, I just took this task off your plate. You don't have to do this anymore. Matt was crushed by that because what he heard was not like, hey, let me take this burden off. Like, you don't need to worry about this. Let's find somebody else to take care of it. Instead, you felt condemned. Like, you're not good at this. This is not your strong suit. Like, it was damning for you. And so for me to realize, like, I'm a good communicator, but, like, I have to learn to communicate in a way that's going to be well-received by you. And, like, even if it makes sense to you, knowing who you are as a human being, as my husband, as my best friend, that, like, I may need to tailor the way that I speak to you in order to make sure that it is not only received and followed through on, but you still feel loved and honored at the end of it. Yeah, and I think also part of that was, like, I was still finding my way in the business. Like, you know, I still felt kind of like an outsider in it. And so for you to say to me, like, Mm. hey, like, this isn't your strong suit. We're going to – we should outsource that was, like, okay, so what is my strong suit? Mm. And, like, I didn't know. And so, like, all I felt like I was good for at that time was just the admin stuff. And so it was just, like, okay, well, I traded one admin job for another, you know? Yeah, so, like, I gave you a task. I asked you to try, and then you didn't do it exactly the way that I wanted to, and I didn't give you a second chance. So, like, for other people who are listening to this who may want to work with their spouse in the future, like, how could I have better responded to you in that situation with, like, still trying to maintain the level of excellence that I would hope for for – for this product, this PDF, whatever it was, 
but that gave you another chance, still communicating, here's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I think I think just having like the the end goal in mind, showing telling me like, hey, like this is what I I'm not liking about this. Um, I I want you to you know I don't like this color. I don't like this font. I want you to um, you know go do some research on like fonts or go do something like, like here's some magazines. Like to take here's a look at. yeah, go go learn a little bit more. Um, give me a, like give another iteration even with the den like like hey give me another iteration by Friday, and like we'll go from there. And it's like if it's getting to the point where like okay this is not working or like hey we're in crunch time like we'll need we need to outsource this to somebody who can do it quicker mm-hmm. and then be like hey like maybe this is something that you learn and get and and we can try it again later but we we, we experiment not on something that has like a deadline or mm-hmm. that's going to be sent to a client soon yeah okay. so like so basically just the idea of iterating and allowing freedom to learn um, especially if it's something that's mm. interesting. And freedom to make mistakes, too. Yeah. I feel like you didn't have freedom. I did not allow freedom for that. Yeah, I think that was that was a case, especially early on. But now, like, as uh, as we've communicated more and learned to communicate more and, and work together, like, that is definitely something that you have allowed me more freedom and wiggle room to do. Mm-hmm. And that's something I have to learn. Like, you and I were talking about this the other day. Like, I am a perfectionist. And I'm like, no, I just have a high bar for excellence. It's like, no, Abby, like you're a perfectionist. And sometimes that's a good thing. But then other times, and it's ironic because my middle name is Grace. Our best friends, uh, one of my best friends, Catherine, her husband is a a French theologian. And I was talking to him about how much I love justice. Like I love seeing someone who just sped down the highway. Then you like come upon them a couple miles later and they've been pulled over. I love that feeling. And he was like, it's almost like your parents named you Grace sarcastically. (laughs) So they call me Abby justice photography. Um, But so like I have struggled with giving grace because I see it as a compromise of excellence. And so we have had to figure out where can we build in some flex and some um, margin or maybe just like room for error without everything being quite so high pressure. And we've also learned to, I would say, embrace the idea of minimum viable product when necessary. Yeah, and and also like like my my natural inclination is to to grace and sometimes it gets to too much grace like to the point where there that excellence is lost. is lost and so like that's something I, I had to learn was um was just how like i need to like i need to keep going like once i've done it once i need to keep going uh, yeah and keep pursuing that excellence but that for me there needs to be grace for you to try and then iterate again. Yeah, and and that's again something that we've learned over time was how how to like give you give me more grace and me to um, pursue excellence more than rather than just saying it's good enough. Mm, yes, good enough is the enemy of excellent for sure. Um, or is it good enough is the enemy of great? Somebody somebody way smarter than me probably, probably said that. That sounds like well, and then there's the perfection is the enemy of of. Um, done or something like that. Done is better than perfect. Done is better. Than We're perfect. just throwing out quotes. Done is better than perfect is a quote by John Acuff, who I love. Um, okay, so your job really started to shift from admin and just like plugging holes to more of the strategist role. When would you say that that was? I feel like it was when we were trying to get a practical wedding workshop live on Evergreen. That was the first Probably, course we yeah. ever offered. Yeah, around there it was it was it was more just. I mean, I, I still had a lot of admin because um, you know we didn't really outsource that until we finally hired a VA, hired a VA. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah that was probably when I started to do more of the strategy when we when we outsourced is that when no you, no no when okay. when we were trying to put um, 
a practical learning workshop live on Evergreen right. and, and working with our coaches at the time to do that. Yeah, yeah, because you were the one who was handling the Facebook ads, you were handling the like the funnel structure, all of that. Correct. Right, okay, yes. okay. So then um, paint me a picture for now that we, so we hired RVA a year and a half ago. We known for a while we needed to get some of the admin stuff off of your task, off of your list because we were getting to a place where I was in like 2014 where all these admin tasks were starting to fill up your time and there wasn't enough time for strategy. Yeah. The strategy was what was going to grow the business forward, not just maintain where we were at. And especially as we have grown our family, there is less time for me to be able to do things with the business. And so to have that basically all filled up by admin work mm -hmm. it basically leaves us into a point where we're just treading water right which is okay for seasons like yeah. when felix was first born when teddy was first born there was like a three or four month period with each of them where we lit where we just treaded water and you were primarily i mean you were more on parent duty yeah. than i was we could do a whole episode on that. <laughs> but yeah, so so when we hired our VA a year and a half ago, that took email off of like manning the inbox, that took contracts, invoices. Um, you still book my travel because that is like, does require back and forth from, yeah. from you and I. What else does she handle? Um, or like what else does she take, did she take off of your plate? So recently, and this is like part of me learning to give more stuff away, um, is, is um, doing I have a spreadsheet for our Facebook ads, um, just like a daily spreadsheet of like how much we spent, how is our click-through rate and everything. And so I was going through and manually doing that myself and I finally entrusted that to her to, her to do. Yeah. <laughs> so now that I can just look at it and and look through it as opposed to doing everything myself there. Yeah. I think something you said a, a minute or two ago was like, you have less time now mm -hmm. because we have two small kids, childcare is limited at, the, at this point, particular point in time. And so because you have less time that means that every hour you are able to spend in the office needs to needs to be focused on work that only you can do correct. and and filling in a spreadsheet is not one of those things that only you can do correct yeah. um and then she's also not just emails but also like taking um if somebody has a question of why you know their course isn't showing up in their their dashboard like so she can do the research on on that to see because that was something i would be like okay just assign it to me i'll do um, and she so was that, like, stop doing that, guys. Essentially, <laughs> like, what else can I do for you? Yeah, she's asked us that multiple times. She's um, wonderful. We'll, we'll drop a link in the um, in the show notes for the company that we use for a VA, but we are huge fans, uh, and hiring a VA has been a game changer. Um, okay, so paint a picture for what your role looks like right now. Uh, so right now my role is... I mean, it's still kind of similar to what I've been doing, but it's more of the, like, as like you were saying earlier, as opposed to me reacting to what you want. Like, you say, Matt, I want to do this. Figure out how to do it. It's like, I go I didn't talk to you like I, that. I know. <laughs> I'm just I'm But, like, being here's this thing. There, would you that. be able to, like, implement? You yes. were an implementer. Yeah. And yeah. so now I, I say, hey, like, this is some, like a, an area I can see us doing, I, I can see us growing in. And, you know, like, hey, I think we can do more with Facebook ads. Hey, I, I, can, I think we can do more with more giveaway. More. You've been working on what's called a self-liquidating offer, mm -hmm. which is like a, a, an offer that's running all the time around the clock that we've been meaning to do for two years now. And I just have not done it. Matt's been working on that. Yeah. And so kind of kind of going off of like, what are more growth strategies um, for our business and, and how, like, rather than just kind of pie in the sky, it's like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we did this? Wouldn't it's like, it be nice? it's um, <laughs> more of the like, okay, this is what I'd like to do and this is how we implement it. 
Yeah, and so you're coming to the to the table with more ideas than you had in the past, which I love because that means that I don't have to stress about okay, well, how are people going to hear about the podcast or how are people like how are people going to hear about our our lead magnet for our next launch? Like I get to dream up what's inside the content and then you get to make sure that the people who need to see it see it. Can you talk a little bit about what it is that you do during uh, like leading up to launches and during launches? So leading up to launches. And when I say launches, I mean the courses that we launch, not our services as brand photographers. So leading up to launches for the course, I help keep you on task for getting like deadlines for getting um, content out that needs to go out. I make sure that everything in the course page is ready to go. Like, so if, if we want to kind of refresh the course page, I'll refresh that at the that time, page. the sales page. Yeah. So um, I write the copy for the sales pages and then you, you, what you install it. Install it, yeah. And, and then, show it. And then uh, making sure that all of the payments are like connecting, connecting to our core software, connecting to payments, making sure everything's running smoothly so that we don't get the, well, my, you know, have angry students that are like, I, I can't, I paid for I this, pay for I this. why I can't get, get it, um, which we still get because sometimes the system doesn't work and you know or we, sometimes people lose their yeah lose sometimes their they lose fine. their password and it's fine we, those are emails that our assistant handles <laughs> yes so that's that's kind of what i do going leading up to it is is making sure everything works all the um, pieces are connecting correct and and trying to fine-tune to make sure like hey are they working as efficiently as possible mm-hmm. yeah let's talk real quick about triaging tasks when we are short on childcare because we have two kids right now we have an almost four-year-old and a one-year-old and I've mentioned this a couple times already our childcare can be a, a little bit spotty sometimes um like right now it's the middle of summer while we're recording this and we are in our last week of summer camp and we have like a month and a half to two months of no childcare for Felix moving forward so how do you can you talk about how you and I triage tasks there when um let's say we have a launch coming up and we we don't have full day help how does how does that communication go between us well most of the time we, we try and communicate what is the most important thing to get done for each of us. Yeah. Um, so like, like, what do you need to get done today is mm-hmm. a question you ask me pretty much every day. Like, yeah, what do you need to get done? What do you need from me? Um, mm-hmm. Or like, hey, I need you to do this. Mm-hmm. The other way to triage is just finding creative solutions to childcare as well. Yeah. Um, so one of the, I think Abby talked about this on a, a previous podcast. Season two, episode 12, for anyone who wants to go back and listen, it's how we're handling childcare as work from home entrepreneurs. Yeah, so I, I had remembered reading once about one of the local gyms, um, if you have a lifetime fitness near you, that if your your child is under 12, it's 12 months or under, then you get two hours of childcare included in the gym membership. Or if they're over 12 months, you get two and a half hours. And so that was like, okay, I'm just going to take them to childcare there and get and work at the gym. So just kind of finding creative solutions. So or, like on days where a babysitter is not able to come, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I when you used to have to make reservations, you're like, I'll make a reservation and me and Teddy are going to go to the gym for two, two and a half hours. Yeah. And, and or, um, you know, Felix is home. There's also a, a coffee shop which has a playground indoors. And so I'll go and we'll go to that coffee shop, let him play on the playground while I get some work done. So mm-hmm. that will that enables us to still work. Um, it's not as efficient as having – us in the same office being able to say like hey I have a, I have this issue can you help me with this mm-hmm. yeah but it I mean it still gets the job done and I would say important in that is keeping those lines of communication open because something I've expressed to you over the years is like I if you're upset about something I need you to tell me because you are not a very emotive person <laughs> 
And so I, I am currently laughing just very quietly. Yeah. So. <laughs> so if something's wrong, like I don't know unless you tell me. Like your body language doesn't usually signify if you're upset about something. And so like I used to get called by a robot by a friend in the elementary school. <laughs> so something that we've had to establish is like we do not sit and stew about something. Like if you're mad, you need to say what's on your mind or get over it um, because you don't have we do not have the right to hold something against each other and the other one doesn't know either that you're upset or why you're upset and that's that's you're really good at taking time to think about why you're upset about something before you express to me so it doesn't come out you know just like stream of conscious style guilty as charged but this just means like that once you've put your finger on like what is bothering you that it is your responsibility to tell me so that I can do whatever I need to do in order to serve you better, to to make you feel like you're being heard. And the same thing goes for you with me. So keeping those lines of open communication, if one of us is sensing like, hey, is everything okay? Like you seem kind of tense, like giving that the other one has full permission to say, listen, I don't feel like I'm getting the time that I need or because you're you're such a natural servant hearted person. So you're like, if someone says they need something, I'm going to give it to them even if it means your needs then go unmet. So if you're like, well, Abby says that she's stressed out and she needs more time in the office and you're like, but in the like in the background, you're like, ah, I, I have some like pretty pressing deadlines I got to work on. Your natural inclination is to just let me have the hours that I need. And so I've had to learn to ask you, okay, I, this is what's on my plate. What do you need? Oh gosh, what Matt, what you have takes precedent because your deadline is more pressing. So like I'll take the kids for, you know, this afternoon, you'll have some time at home uninterrupted, get done what you need to get done. And then we'll touch base tomorrow morning about the work thing. Obviously we'll see each other before the next morning. <laughs> so, okay. Kind of on that note, you and I have heard from other, um, husband and wife teams on this subject. I specifically remember, maybe you weren't there for this conversation, but I do remember Justin and Mary Marantz talking about this, how it's important to have some separation between work and life outside of work when when you are a husband and wife team. Like, I think they have a, a rule about no talking about work when they're on a date night. Um, you and I work together. Obviously, we live together. We parent together. We spend most of our time here at home with each other. And we have some boundaries there about like, you, we don't we don't uh we don't talk about work in our bedroom that rule also goes for being in the kids room if we're like putting the kids down for nap time or bedtime we don't talk about work in there um but what are some other ways that it's been helpful for you to sort of compartmentalize those um not saying that there's never any bleed over but what, what's been helpful for you to make sure that we're not always in this like half in half out like always kind of talking about work phase i mean having like we're saying having those kind of set rooms that we can't like if we're going to bed, not talking about work, or um, trying not to talk about work over dinner because mm-hmm. that's family time, mm-hmm. and basically because we don't want—I mean, we want you know our marriage to be a, about us, um, about the Lord first, and then about us. But also, like we don't want our kids to see us just as working. Mm-hmm. Um, we want them to see us as as parents first, not as employees of Abby Grace Photography. Well, and we also want them to understand, like, we have our own relationship, like, that our marriage mm-hmm. is at the center of our family, and that, like, we are husband and wife first, parents second, and, like, co-workers after that, and that that's modeled for our kids that, hey, like, mom and dad are going to go take a weekend away, or we're, we're going to have a date night, because we, it's important to us that we're investing in our relationship together, in addition to, obviously, investing in our relationship with our kids, but then the work that supports the family. We also have, like, 
there we've had to adapt over the years because like you're the kind of person you're like I'm thinking about something I'm just gonna like ask you the question (laughs) and I used to get really frustrated by that like I'm not we're not even talking about that right that I remember specifically the first year we worked together you would just like pop into my office and be like hey what about blah 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 um first year I feel like I still do that sometimes is all you've gotten a lot better about it a lot better about it which is good because you're in my office's shared door now and they didn't used to used to have to come across the floor to do it but like I've had to learn like okay here like I have ADHD and so it takes a lot for me to get on task and so the reason that it was so frustrating when you used to do that was because and we've talked about this but it, because it would pull me out of work mode and it took me so much effort to get back into the zone and so I needed to learn myself better of like okay Abby like and, and you know I'd only ever worked by myself as, a, as an entrepreneur so it's understandable that I, I didn't know that about myself until we started working together but being intentional about knowing what sets you as an individual up for success and then being able to communicate that with kindness and grace to the other person when they cross that that line and and not getting angry about it so like for example there were times where I would like come out of the bathroom and you'd be like hey what about blah 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 and I'm like dude I'm in the bathroom <laughs> like can I have like a li- this is a we don't talk about work in here okay <laughs> but like those those took a lot of time to assert and then to learn to be respectful of and like I violate those too like I'm the worst at violating the like don't talk about this right before we go to bed thing like hey Matt real quick I have this task for you and you're like Okay, I hear you. We're going to need to talk about that tomorrow because we don't talk about work in the bedroom. Also, I'm about to fall asleep and I'm going to forget. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I'll be like, hey, Matt, real quick, just before you fall asleep, I have this idea. Can you try to remember? Because I definitely won't. And you're like, okay, cool. (laughs) So what would you say to somebody who is listening to this episode who has a spouse or a partner that they want to bring in on the business, but maybe they're afraid of taking the leap? What would you say to them to consider, to encourage them, any of that? I mean, I think... First thing is make you know make sure you are stable enough in your business that you can do it. Um, I'm the like you know make sure that it is something that your business can handle, but also like and something that your business needs. Too. Yeah, and something like not just because like just because your husband doesn't like their job. You know, if there wasn't a need for Abby for me to be in the business, then that wouldn't have made sense for me to come on. But um, it did need you, but it did. like very badly. <laughs> um, so just kind of go through. Go through your numbers, know what you need to do um, to make sure that you are able to sustain that so it doesn't like Like bare minimum, what kind of, what are you trying to replace income wise? Um, Can you stand to replace less than that, but then also not feeling to account for how much is taxes going to take out? How much are, are, you know, expenses going to take out? Yeah. And, and so do your research on like how much healthcare is going to be or what, what are the different options that I can do? That would be a kind of like a first thing. Also, like hey can we work together so try doing things like taking off little tasks even if it's as small as like hey can you package this up and take it to the post office for me um that project based that we started with the print shop was like such a good way for me to learn to trust you and for you to demonstrate how capable you were yeah and it's not even just that it's just like figuring out like hey do we work well together um because I, you know, that was another one of the things that kept getting said to me um, as I was leaving. It was like, oh, I could never work with my I heard that so wife, many times. Or I could never work with my husband. And it's like, yeah, I mean, okay, I, that's fine. Like, that's not, that's not a big, like, there's no judgment on your marriage if you guys can't work together. Like, but I'd rather you make that call before you, like, leave your job rather than, like, six months in, you're like, we can't stand working 
together. And we now need... we can't stand each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd rather you be like, okay, like my working style is different than hers, so different that like it just doesn't mesh well. Maybe you should um, hire a you know a VA, or maybe you should hire an assistant. Like, like maybe this just doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. What would be your encouragement for someone who um, wants to bring their spouse on, but they're afraid to take the leap? And like, if they've done the numbers and they realize it is, it, it their business does need it, they can probably find a way to sustain it, but they're just scared. I would say have conversations and, and trust in your own ability, trust your trust in your husband's ability. Um, or your wife's ability. Or your wife's ability. You know, for us, a big thing is trusting in the Lord that he'll provide for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and making sure that we were, like, being prayerful about not just like, is this a decision we want to make, but is this a decision that we feel like we're being called to make? Because going from a dual income, two different company family to everything comes down to Abby Grace Photography was scary. And I think that was what scared me the most was the weight that I felt like it put on my shoulders. But in the few times when I've expressed that to you of, oh my gosh, I just feel like all of this comes down to me. You've been good about reminding me like, no, it doesn't. And it doesn't have to. And if you're still keeping such a tight hold on everything, even though we work together, that everything still comes down to you, you need to let go of more. And you've been, I mean, you were gracious and gentle about the way that you said that, but like realizing we do work together, it shouldn't all just be on my shoulders. Yeah. And, and, and that this business is, is, is both of ours. I mean, I know your name is on the business, but it is both of ours. Yeah. Like it's both of our responsibility. Like I can't, that's not just like you can't have all that responsibility. But I also have to learn, like, I can't just like abdicate my responsibility to you. Oh, and you didn't, I was being, I know. I'm just, freak. I'm just okay. telling you, I'm just telling you that now. Like it's like, I'm just telling that as like a, like kind of a piece of advice is like you, you are responsible for the business if you are joining this business too. Mm-hmm. That even though my name's on the door, it's still down to both of us to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, thank you so much for being willing to come on the podcast. I know this isn't like necessarily like your comfort area, so I'm really grateful you're willing to come and um, come and share. Matt, tell everybody, where can they find you if they want to follow up? Uh, I don't Please really... share your Instagram account name. Oh, please don't make me do that. It's at Maddie Grace Photo. He's threatened to stage a coup. It's never happened yet, but I've got... It's a slow, it's a slow burn. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode. We will see you next time on episode 10 of the podcast, when to update your brand photographs, how to know when it's time to get in front of the camera. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and head over to abbygrace.co slash podcast for even more resources to help you blow your clients away at your very next brand shoot. I'm Abby Grace and I'll see you next time. Now, let's go get after it, shall we?